Thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. We are already at our last segment for Lift Talks, and um, I think this we, we have saved a, a really interesting conversation because I, I guess you can tell from the last couple of conversations, both Cassie and Donna, they have leadership roles kind of in a bit more of a church world, but Regina leads in a very uh, in the banking sector. And uh, Regina and I were we were both at the same church at Centerpoint, and I think you were the first female board member at Centerpoint, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a bit of fun. I, I I joined as a young pastor who had no idea what was going on, and I needed to learn all of that. And I'll just sit there as they were talking about mortgages and and P and Ls and all of that. And I'll just sit there and I go like, I have no idea what this world is all about. <laughs> and here's Regina's like, this is what you need to do, and and yep, yep, we can do this. And I was like, oh wow. That's, that's crazy. So, a lot of respect and um, is, is really great. Um, but why don't you share a little bit about your role um, at NAB and, um, and what you do there? So, just to say, I had no idea what was going on either. <laughs> <laughs> so, I totally identify with the imposter syndrome. And before we start, just a huge thank you to you and to Pastor Beck for the invite. Um, it's an honour. And I want to honour um, Cass and Pastor Donna as well. Because, you know, as I sit here, Cass, that was me 15 years ago but totally not doing what you're doing <laughs> like not you know couldn't even get my makeup on so well done um you know young mum doing what you're doing and you know what an inspirational figure like you know to have stepped up probably in a time when women really didn't have a voice um so you're an inspiration and it's been a pleasure um at the different conferences together and i love hearing you so thank you um, so, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just explain your role with NAB and uh, what you're doing. My role in NAB, wow. Um, so, every time I explain my role in NAB, I, I actually, you know, sit there and go, wow, I can't believe, like, you know, I have this awesome responsibility. So, um, at NAB, so just to give you a bit of background as well, um, this is how my marketing team will kind of make me sell it, right? So, NAB <laughs> is uh, the largest business bank in Australia. Um, so, you know, if you look at the four banking franchises, you know, CBA dominates the mum and dad um, mortgage market. NAB is the business bank. And why we're passionate about being the business bank is because 98% of the Australian economy um, is driven by business. It is important. It is an employer. We fund infrastructure. We build hospitals. We build roads. All of that takes a lot of capital. We're really, really proud to be uh, the bank for business for Australia, right? Australia has 25 years of uninterrupted prosperity, unlike other countries, and that is purely because 98% of our economy is driven by businesses who have kept the economy going. And we get to live in this great blessed land because of that. So my role at NAB, so that's all to say, uh, if you're a shareholder at NAB, or if you're thinking about, and you know, reality is if you have a super fund, you own a piece of NAB. Um, the reason why you invest in NAB is because of our business and private bank. And I have the awesome privilege of having the carriage of the business and private bank for Perth. That is my business to run. Um, it scares me every time I say it, actually. Because <laughs> it, it sounds like the whole economy rests on your shoulders, Regina. It, it, it sometimes feels like it, but it doesn't. Um, but a big part of that, we get to contribute to it. So it's, mm. an, it's an awesome privilege. Yeah. Um, I lead a team of about, it, it changes and it fluctuates but about 175 really passionate people 
front. Um, we're out there hand in hand with eight and a half thousand business customers in Perth, mm. doing business, funding things, building things, yeah. just churning the economy. So mm. that's my team. Fantastic. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about your personal experience as a female Christian leader in a, in a, in a very secular industry? It's interesting, right? Um, female Christian leader, like you can add so many things. Um, mm. I mean, I was absolutely uh, the first female executive uh, for the business and private bank in Perth. Right. And actually amongst the four majors, I'm still the only female running that part of the business. Wow. Um, and I was actually the very first Asian. Um, because, you know, WA is this big bad mining town um, <laughs> <laughs> and had a certain profile of leader. Um, mm. That was really confronting, actually. So my, yeah. my personal journey and my personal experience, you know, I loved kind of what Cass and, um, and um, Pastor Donna shared because it was all about saying that I don't think I can do this. Mm. Right? I looked at my predecessors and there were 10 before me and they were all of a certain, um, they were all male, uh, they were all in their 50s um, and they were all Caucasian with big personalities, private school, well connected. Um, I stepped into the role and immediately said, I don't think I can do this. Mm. Um, it was handed to me as you've got a year, um, can't do it, then you're fired. So expect that. So that was a lot of, <laughs> I thought I'd just quit on day three. Like, <laughs> why wait a year to be fired? <laughs> um, so it was quite a journey, right? Of mm. um, actually just discovering, um, you know, that you're right and your place to actually be in that wow. role um, was very difficult. But you know, the amazing thing, like my leadership journey is actually just a story of amazing grace and favor by, from God. Like if you know me, and I'm not trying to put myself down, but, you know, growing up, like I was the one that my parents are here and they'll tell you, I couldn't even go to school on the first day without my dad taking me to school, right? Like I'm introverted. I lacked courage. I actually didn't want to socialize with people, trying to meet new people, saying hi to people was actually very difficult. So the thought of actually stepping into such a big role um, wasn't me. And it took me a long time, actually. It took God, um, probably I sit here and I think God was probably really frustrated with me because, <laughs> you know, I've placed you and I've given you favor and I've positioned you and all you say is I can't. Mm. Um, and that took a while for me to work through. Yeah. yeah a really long time, mm. actually. And you were, it sounds like to some extent, you were comparing yourself to the model that had been given to you. So how did you work through that and go, well, I'm not a 50-year-old white Caucasian private school male. Um, how did you work through and put your stamp on this industry? Yeah, and you know what? Comparison is the worst thing you can do. Like, it's the worst thing you can do uh, is to compare. Um, because that, that breeds dissatisfaction. Like we, we say it all the time, right? Like, you know, why do people get what they want and then they're dissatisfied because they find someone else that they compare to. Mm. Um, and so for me, it was about one understanding and like to stop beating yourself up about like, I'm never going to be that, right? Like I'm, mm. oh, chances of me ended up being a 50 year old white male. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. Um, so it's either I can accept that I'm going to fail and actually had mm. I failed, it would have been on me. It wouldn't be because I was yeah. the wrong gender, demographic, um, you know, uh, whatever it was. Um, it would be because I didn't have the courage to step up and actually lead. Wow. Um, so 
it took me a long time and lots of prayer actually, lots of God, I'm in the wrong industry. God, when are you going to call me into my true ministry? <laughs> because actually in my head, ministry was leaving the marketplace, leaving the secular world and going into church ministry. Oh, wow. And so for me, it was all about there's going to be a time. Mm. My season was always going to be like, you know, pay off the mortgage and, you know, do all that and then I can retire and then I can do good. That was always. Right. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, I think it was, I think the point for me was, you know, in, in praying and kind of, God just kept telling me, you are in exactly the place I want you to be. Mm. And that was actually very hard for me to accept because actually it was a place that I didn't want to be. Yeah. Like I actually didn't really want to be doing what I was doing. Mm. Um, you know, all my friends were um, stay-at-home mums or running their own small, like, you know, they were doing the fun things, like not the stuff that I had to do. <laughs> and so um, it was actually coming to acceptance, right? And, mm. you know, for those of you who've heard, um, I think many of you were at the women's conference this year and you heard Pastor Sharon talking about the position that God puts you in, right? And to really just honor that. So wherever God has called you, whether it's in corporate life, in ministry, yeah. stay-at-home mum, like whatever it is, you know, student, you have to embrace that because, mm. you know, you're missing opportunities otherwise and you're mm. missing the opportunity to actually do something for God. Like imagine if you waited or if I waited 30 years, 40 years before I retired and then say, here God, here I am. Mm. Um, like I've missed all these opportunities along the way. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. So with that mindset shift that this is where God's called me to, at least for now, what, what are some characteristics that you would, um, I guess, encourage people to carry with them in wherever they are at? You know, so you're not trying to compare, you're not trying to be someone else, but these are still really important characteristics of a leader in this position. Oh, okay. So just leadership characteristics. Yeah. Um, I think in anything, like if you're a leader, and I just want to be clear, right? Like there's a positional le leadership, so where you're, you're blessed enough to actually be in a position where you're called a leader. But then actually there is, I, I think, you know, if you have somebody looking up to you for anything, like whether you're a parent, you're a teacher, then you're a leader, mm. right? Because any influence, any shadow you cast over another person you're a leader. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to leadership, one of the things that I love, Cass, about what you said is, you know, it's resilience um, because it's actually a journey, right? Day in, day out, um, actually almost every day, I mm. feel like I have done something that had I had the time again, maybe I would have done it differently. <laughs> um, it's a learning journey, but it is also, um, it can be quite lonely sometimes. So, and you know, when you are, so when you're in that positional authority where you are the public face of something, um, it actually also allows people to take a lot of um, swipes at you. And you need to be resilient, right? You need to have that thick skin that we talked about, about mm. just not really worrying about what the world says, but being really sure and in yourself that mm. at the end of the day, you know that every decision you've made and every interaction you've had today, I can actually go to bed and know that I've done the best I um, and God, that was the best I could have done in that situation. Um, and I think that's really important. Mm. I also think, you know, if you're a leader, um, because every human being is different, I think adaptability is really important as right. well. And, you know, I speak to my leaders because I'm, I'm really, um, really blessed. I've got 10 leaders who look after teams, actually, that I coach. And they, um, I speak to them a lot around, like, what is it time for now? 
Mm. Like understand your moment because as a leader, you need to be adaptable. You can't yeah. be a one size fits all. Mm. Um, and and you're, if you're a leader in, you know, you'll be a different kind of leader in the workplace. You come home, you've got children, you'll be a different leader at yeah. home as well. Yeah. Um, you go into church on a Sunday and you might lead a ministry that requires requires different leadership skill sets. So adaptability, mm. I think, and resilience is really important. Yeah, fantastic. Not knowing, I think resilience as well is, you know, just not really worrying because most of the time resilience is impacted because we worry about what you thought about me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm really down about it because I think half this room just thought I was rubbish about something and actually it really doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you know, why worry? Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. What would you say to... Um, Young females, or, or, or any any female that be that might be trying to step into a leadership position in the secular industry, what kind of advice would you want to give them? I think back yourself, um, you know, because I know it's my greatest frustration as well. So NAB, as a very large publicly listed entity, we have gender targets, um, and we can have a whole separate conversation about whether I believe we should have gender targets. But you know, we have gender targets, and so every time I have a leadership position. I wait to fill it. You know, I, I will not proceed until I get 50-50 applicants and I will run. And it is a frust it's a source of great frustration for me to see that actually there are a lot of potential um, females who just won't even apply mm. because they don't back themselves, right? They won't take that step of courage. Um, they can't work out how they're going to balance family life with work life. Um, mm. So I think the first step is just have confidence. Um, you know, obviously for us here in the room, you know, pray about it. Like, because God will tell you if that is something that he has opened, if that's a door that he's opened for you. Mm. And if he has, then be courageous and step forward and, and take it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Which is, is an interesting thing as well. How did you manage family? You've got two amazing kids and um, amazing husband. And uh, <laughs> how, how did you manage that, you know, growing your personal business profile, uh, working in probably, I would expect it to be quite a, uh, a demanding job um, and managing that? Um, well, God's grace. Uh, I have a great support network. So I've got, you know, I've got obviously my husband. Um, I've got my parents sitting in the front row there. And it's just, it's amazing how God positions things for you. Um, and look, not everybody's support networks looks identical, but you know, being able to ask for help. Like when I first started, I have to say, um, guilt was a big thing, mm. right? Guilty that I'm not doing enough as a mum, but then actually guilty that I'm not doing enough as a leader as well, because I mm. can't devote. Like I felt like I was doing everything halfway. Right. You know, I'm like yeah. doing half the mum things and then doing half the leader things and mm. letting everybody down and not doing anything well, and mm. actually just going. You know, each of us are individual, our circumstances are individual, and there is no normal. Um, yeah. And so for me, like my mum will tell you, I don't hesitate to ask for her, like, Mum, I'm flying out next week. <laughs> Can you come <laughs> get the kids for school? Can you take them for a dentist appointment? Can, you yeah. know, you just have to, I think really a lot of it, everything can work, but it's actually just, well, what are you okay with? Mm. And quite often, we, it's, it's in our head, really. Um, yeah. So that balance looks different for everybody. And again, mm. don't compare yourself to the woman next to you. Right. Because if I'm sitting here trying to compare to this person, I'll go, well, actually, I've picked up the five things that I'm different, which means I failed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Comparison's massive. It's the worst thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're running out of time. So final question. How, 
what, what are some advice you would give to someone to keep their sanity in, in, in secular industries and in, in leadership positions? Yes, um, the secular world is hard, right? Because um, what you'll find is you're not allowed to talk about God, first of all. Um, in most large corporate, you know, it's, it's a big no-no. You could get into very serious trouble. Um, and yet what you find is there's a great need for God. Like, you know, I find with my team, with my, you know, I was just saying to Cass earlier, um, the amount of mental health issues I see in my people is heartbreaking. You know, the number of times I get a call from one of my bankers going, I need a week off, my 21-year-old daughter is on suicide watch. Oh, wow. And all I want to talk about is actually, mm. I want to talk about God. Mm. Um, you know, it's, I think productivity in my business could go up 30% if I could just help the mental health um, issues, right? So most yeah. of my team, um, and, and largely, um, I would say 80% of my team um, actually don't know God. Um, so it's really hard. It's really hard to know the fine line and the balance. But I think how I deal to that is in the secular world is actually not shying away from who I am. So you mm. know the Monday conversation, hey, how was your weekend? What did you do? <laughs> I was in church. Yeah. Oh, you go to church? I go to church. Yeah. What did you do yesterday? I attended a lift talk like oh what's yeah. that like it's not it's not preaching it's not forcing but it's actually not hiding you yeah. know um yeah but you've you've just got to know the balance right but you know mm. i've been really privileged as well like god will open doors so mm. i've had you know people say so you go to church right um i grew up in a catholic background i you know my, <laughs> my parents took me to church but you know when i'm an adult i rebelled against you know, I, I don't want to have anything to tell me about your faith. Like, why do you go? And so yeah. if that's that invitation, then you do. But yeah, it is difficult because you see a lot in the secular world. And actually, mm. you do feel quite alone because you're going to be the odd one out. You're yeah. always going to be the odd one out because you have to be true to yourself and you have to hold to your values. Mm. And so at certain points, you will have to say, that's not for me, right? And like yeah. a classic example is, you know, in a large organisation like NAB and many large organisations, we have large movements about embracing, um, we call it NAB pride. So it's, you know, LGBTIQ, like there's quite a lot of, um, and, you know, we want our leaders in the community saying that we publicly support it and I, I can't support it. But I can talk about the fact that I absolutely support equal employment opportunities and I would never discriminate against anyone but I will not publicly support it. Now that, that does have consequences when you won't support what your organisation tells you to. Mm. And there'll be some things where I will accept the consequences and it's fine. Right? Mm. So it is sometimes difficult but yeah. again God's grace. Like, mm. you know, just If you're in a tricky situation just pray about it. Mm. Like quite often he will just remove that barrier or he'll open a door or yeah, yeah just trust that. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Why don't we thank Regina for her wisdom, her experience, and sharing so candidly about what's happening. I'm going to hand over to Beck. Um. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.